0: Hey, listeners. This is Matt with Now Show. I'm here with David Cowell with Cowell Financial and Andy Foster, as always. David Cowell, thank you for taking the time to uh, hang out with us today. You're welcome, Matt.
1: Let's start um, with a short Andy, bio yes, anyway. for David, just so you can introduce yourselves, yourself to our listeners and they can get a feel for who you are, David.
2: I'm uh, born and raised in Brainerd, uh, Brainerd, Minnesota. and. Live here with my family. I've uh, been in business twenty years. Own my own financial advisory firm called Cowell Financial. Uh, just started right out of college, and uh, majority of our clients are small business owners. And uh, really, they're all over the country. I think we have clients in sixteen different states. Uh, of course, a lot of them are in the Brainerd Lakes area too. So, thanks
0: for having me. Cool. Absolutely.
1: Let's start with an explanation of why you, as a financial advisor, are important to business owners like our listeners.
2: Over the years, I've found that uh, most, I think, most small business owners are pretty good at their business. If I have a dock company and putting dock and lift in the water, <clears throat> pretty good at it. Um. I have a manufacturing business. I'm pretty good at that, and I spend most of my time, you know, really obsessing about my business and trying to improve it, make it better, more efficient, and training my employees. And, and a lot of times, they're not really that great at running the business. <clears throat> so, you know, we have clients that are masonry contractors, or landscapers, or home builders, and
1: they're really good at
2: building homes, but not necessarily that great with finance and with actually running the business. I really find they need almost like a quarterback to put all the pieces together. You know, they've got an attorney sometimes and an accountant and they might have insurance an insurance agent, a banker. Um, and they just, uh, they have all these pieces. And sometimes they've done, sometimes they've done okay with a lot of the pieces, insurances, investments, accounting, banking, but they really don't, um, and they when I visit with them, I find they really don't have any person or team of people that are helping them look at their full picture. So n- nothing is really integrated. You know, it doesn't, it's not always working that good together. There's all these pieces. And so that's why we I mean, we're told that we're, you know, kind of important to people to so help them look at that whole picture, get clarity.
1: Nice. Matt, you have any comments?
0: I don't have any comments right now. I'm just, I'm intrigued and listening.
1: Okay. Let's talk about succession planning and exit strategies. Give us your take on what to do and why it's important.
2: What to do and why it's important. We'll start with why it's important. So <clears throat> businesses are illiquid. So the word illiquid means it cannot be turned into cash next week. Uh, something that's illiquid. Uh, certainly has a value, but it's, it can be challenging to exchange it into cash, change it into money, in and at, uh, at the time you want to do it and at the amount you want for it. So um, if I don't have a good financial plan, I am left with a lot of uncertainty and question and worry. I'm hoping that someone comes along someday with money. You know, on the very day, I'm ready to sell with the right amount of money says hey Matt can I buy your business I just happen to have a few million dollars laying around and I just love to give it to you for your business <laughs> so you know and then the more successful you get the more challenging it is to find a potential buyer so we, we work with a lot of businesses that desire to transition to their key key employee or key employees or their children but those people don't have any money nobody has any money. So now I'm getting a, having a more and more successful business that has more and more value. I'm actually making it harder and harder to find someone that has any money that can buy it from me. This may not be what you would expect me to say next, but exit strategies and succession planning all it really comes down to how good of a steward the business owner was with their own financial resources. So how good were they with saving money, you know, having an emergency fund, paying off debt, just managing their own personal finances. The better prepared you are with your personal financial plan, the more options you will have to exit your business because you will not be solely reliant
0: upon the sale of the business. So, David, will you give me... You're, you're my personal financial uh, advisor and will you just give our listeners just a little bit deeper a little bit breakdown of exactly what we're talking about here right like um you know some of the things you've taught me pay yourself first but, you know that's that's really interesting and to be quite blunt and frank i would never believe you honestly david you, you told me hey you pay yourself and you pay yourself every month and your business is actually going to be able to afford it and you're actually going to make more money i, I would have like you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, right. So just just kind of go down that for a minute if you don't mind. Sure.
2: Yeah, maybe I I don't know if I believed it when I was 23 years old either. I just kind of was taught to pay yourself first, but now after having all these experiences um, you know with several hundred business owner clients that we work with, it's like the more secure you are personally, the more opportunities you can take advantage of in your business. Like your level of stress, it's still there, but it's just not as high because you know your financial house is in order. If something happens to you, your family's protected. You know, if the business doesn't sell for the price you want, maybe that's okay because you're paying yourself first. It just gives you like this, this like financial power or strength. Um, and when there's recessions, yeah, there might be an opportunity to buy out a dock business and buy it at a discount. And well, if I have cash set aside and I have money saved, I might be able to act on that. So it's like it just—it's like a, yeah, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. But the more, the more secure you are, you know, you you can give employees better raises, bonuses. You can be more kind to your employees. Like you can, you can, you can just—I don't know. You just if, if you're not so worried about your own personal finances in your future. Because you've got that square. Like you're on top of your, your your accounting and your taxes. You're on top of your banking. You have a debt reduction plan. You're funding a health savings account. You have a plan to protect your income if you get sick or hurt. So you have long-term disability income. You have life insurance in place to create security. You have an attorney that helps you with a will. So your family is protected. You're socking money away systematically month after month after month. You're putting it into things like IRAs, Roth IRAs, savings accounts at the bank. I mean, imagine you, you show up to work Monday morning, you, you hop out of your truck, you walk in the door of your building, your office, and you're just like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. So, like, I, I'm, I'm like, it's like a mental thing. It's like a, you just feel good. Like, and then the number one reason for divorce is finance, financial. So like, so now husband and wife have more harmony together. So the home front is more secure. And then when husband has an idea or wife has an idea about some opportunity in their in business, they're not going to like compromise their entire family's financial security to take advantage of that opportunity. Cause like they, they're putting, they're putting some money somewhere else. They're not putting it all in the business. And then when they do put money in business opportunities, like they can like go for it more because they already are paying themselves first. I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure if that. That makes
1: helping, sense.
2: But, yeah, it's like the opposite, you Because know, mo- yeah. most businesses we meet, where do they put all their money? Would you
1: guess? Back in the business.
2: And why is that?
1: It's just what they're accustomed to. They think if they put more in, they're going to get more out. But the the more they put in, you know, they, it's like a vicious cycle. They just keep putting more and more and more in. And
2: they do the get things, more out of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They do get more out of it. Like it's not that exciting to put money in, in, in something with us, like, that's just not that exciting. It doesn't earn that much. Well, (laughs) a business can really have a, have a great return on your money. But like Andy said, then when, when do you stop? When do you stop? It just, it's just keep, you know, and then you don't have any liquidity to weather economic storms. Like we we're kind of experiencing right now because it's all illiquid. Remember that word from earlier, it's all in real estate, it's all my business. It's all inventory. It's all an equipment. It's all machinery. I don't have any cash.
0: How do I get by? Yes, I'm sure a lot of businesses are feeling that struggle right now, and it's, um, you know, from personal personal experience with David, this is uh, this is really important and important to pay yourself first. And honestly, I think uh, at least my mindset that was probably ignorant, ignorant and naive, but my mindset was. Uh, I don't want to be greedy either. If I take this paycheck this week, can I pay pay myself next month when it comes back time around, or should I – you know what I mean? I always thought it was going to hurt and be detrimental and do all those things, and I, I didn't realize that when you pay yourself and you get your personal financials in order, uh, David is 100% right. It makes those opportunities in business more easy to capture.
1: And I think it also changes like your perspective, too, you're not, you're paying yourself, so you feel like you're getting something out of it instead of just showing up every day.
2: Correct. Yeah, good, good point, Andy. So if you ask my children right now, what are the only two ways to make money? Or if I ask you guys, what would you say? What are the only two ways to make money? Legitimate ways.
1: Go to work. That's way number work.
2: one,
0: working. Uh, interest mm-hmm. on your investments.
2: Yeah, and the way I want my children to answer is I want them to say, me working or my money working for me. Nice. And there is no shame. There is no shame in hard work. It's a wonderful virtue to be a hard worker. But it is sad when we meet with people in their 50s that are business owners and they have a pretty good life, a pretty, pretty nice home and a pretty uh, provided for their family and their children and they're good. They're good in the community. They help others, but they're at the point where, boy, I mean, they like what they do, but it's just a little disheartening to know that the only way they get money next month is they have to keep working and keep working and keep working. And our clients our clients take some of that hard work every, every week and every month, and they take a little slice of it and they put it somewhere else. So when they're in their fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties, that money, that work that they did when they were 38 years old is still sitting somewhere when they're 68 years old and they can sit back and be like, how sweet is that? Like the work I did in my twenties, I still got a little bit of that money and it's still making money for me. It's making money when I'm sleeping.
1: You're so passionate, David. <laughs> I love it.
0: Good. It is good.
1: You've touched on it a little bit, but I just want to ask again um, family businesses. Let's talk about what you can do to help business owners that run a family business.
2: In a general sense, we, we help them achieve uh, financial security outside of the business. It's, it's like we want them to have the business rocking, and then right alongside that, They got a whole bunch of other dough set aside and I mean, that's what we help, that's what we help family businesses with. It's, it's, uh, you know, if they live a really long time, they'll have financial security. If they pass away too soon, their, their family and their business will be secure if they get sick or hurt. Um, they're protected if there's a, if there's a recession or when the next recession occurs, they'll be prepared for it. It doesn't mean it won't be hard. If you can achieve financial security alongside of your business, Holy buckets, as I was alluding to earlier, doing so will give you significant flexibility and options with your business in the future. This transitioning to key people. You won't need to max out the sale price. Transitioning to your children. You won't have to sell it to them at a premium because you need the money. Now you're in a position of, of strength. You're not reliant upon it uh, to, to, to achieve your financial goals. So that's what we... Uh, it's really fun. That's what we help businesses, business owners with.
1: So, Matt, I've heard you say it before, but what what benefit, from your standpoint as a business owner, has it been helpful to meet with David, to have him as your financial planner, just so our listeners can hear well, it? That's
0: funny. Yeah, it's it's not even that, honestly. I mean, it's turned into a personal relationship between David and I. But I I, I think that. Uh, He's more than my 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 financial advisor. He's uh, he's a friend. He's a life coach. Um, Andy, I think you believe that too. It's um, it's David has changed my mindset as a business owner. And after meeting David a few years back, um, from where I was then and where I am today, even like my mental viewpoints of how business should be ran and. You know, actually, like right down to the personal financial statement and the business financial statement, our balance sheet, it's it's an amazing difference, and I'm I'm blessed and humbled to have David as my friend and my advisor. It is it is an uh, amazing thing if you listen to that and do it now. I wish that I would have swallowed my pride and done it when I was 24, when I was too uh, arrogant and prideful. So I'm glad uh, I took a little humble pie and and uh, went there and listened and and uh was still willing to learn something and i think that as a business owner as when you meet with david you know what if, if you're going there and you actually uh have the mindset that you're going there to learn something and you're willing to accept that and do a little self-reflection uh your life will be greatly influenced and in my opinion for the better uh when you leave Call financial
1: i agree 100 percent. yep i wish yeah. my husband and i would have met with david sooner in life and I think we would be further ahead right now. David, oh, what...
2: For, you guys for sure we would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's important to I don't think know, it's just know, about...
0: I, I don't... Go ahead,
2: Matt.
0: So I was just going to say that I, I think that you know, it's not, it's not just about promoting David's business, right? It's about there's a difference in financial advisors out there, right? Not every financial planner is the same. I don't care what anybody says. So I... Just finding the right person, in my opinion, David's the right person, the right mindset to help guide you, be the quarterback, as he referenced before. But I think this is more for listeners that maybe can't uh, have David Cowell as their, their advisor. But just getting someone involved with your business that is has that mindset of uh, maybe paying yourself first or, hey, get your estate planning set up, whatever you might need, asking for help as a small business owner really hard to do because uh, honestly, small businesses, we don't get any help ever. Right. And and it's like, Hey, let's use each other. Let's lean on each other. Let's, you know, have other businesses that can influence us and swallow our pride and, uh, and just better ourselves.
1: And if we do that, I think that's what this is about. Right. David. Yes, sir. David, what are a few Mm -hmm. things retiring people say that they wish they would have known or done sooner in life?
2: I would say understanding income tax, uh, FICA tax, unemployment tax, sales tax, property tax, capital gains tax. You know, understanding social security, really all, all those financial pieces. You know, we often hear, David, I wish I would have met you when I was forty years old, and thirty years old. I, just, I wish I would have had a better grasp on IRA, Roth IRA, four hundred one k, profit sharing. You know, debt, you know, compound interest, uh, just, just all. So it's just like financial literacy. So that's one of the things I get most jazzed up about is, is, is we, we spend a lot of time visiting with our clients' children, um, even as young as 10 or 12 years old. Um, just because so many people I meet with that are fairly successful business people, it just, they, they did not have that financial literacy. It took them a long time kind of trial by fire maybe you would say or you, know, you just learn as you go and then of course that's the best way to learn but nevertheless it would have been helpful to understand what a mortgage is understand what real estate taxes are understand what the heck a health savings account is you know we, we visit with people that don't even know what a, a cd is what's a certificate of deposit i just explained that to a young business owner this morning you know simple things but so that's what people say they would wish they would have known sooner is just back to my earlier comments about, you know, they're good at running a business or they're good at operating in the business, but they're not great at running a business from a financial perspective. And then I suppose the other thing is they always have compound interest regret, I call it. You know, they just regret not biting the bullet, and socking some money away and paying themselves first sooner. And then I suppose the third thing uh, is they often state that they wish they understood retirement distribution strategy um, sooner. And we have a number of families who are going through this right now. They're in their late 50s, early 60s. And it's the first time I've met. Not, not that I'm that great, but just, you know, they've got decent financial plans in place. But, boy, if they would have understood something about retirement distribution strategy and how everything fits, uh, they could have been a lot better positioned. Lot better positioned
0: what does that mean you know, if you, give, you your, give us a snapshot of what that is david that the, the third well, thing just give us a little snapshot of what that is i don't know i don't even know that i know
1: what yeah. that is yeah i don't either
0: well
2: <clears throat> so if i have all of my money in an ira what happens when i when i take that money out i, I, I pay i pay tax some amount of tax um well that amount of tax i take and have an in, influence on how much of my social security is taxable. And I don't know that this is the place to get into the specifics of financial planning. But <laughs> There's a, you know, there, there may be some sense in having a bunch of, you know, money in, in different places that have, here, here, here's a better way to summarize. Money, when you put it somewhere, there's like four characteristics that, that you think about. You think, you think about like what are the rules for accessing my money? That's that's number one. Like what are the characteristics of my money in regards to access? When can I access it? Is it liquid or illiquid? You have to be a certain age. Number two, what are the tax attributes? So is it deductible when I put money in? Is it not deductible? When can you know when I take the money out? What are the tax consequences? Is it tax free? Is it taxed at income tax rates? Is it taxed at capital gains tax rates? So that's number two. What are the tax characteristics? Number three, what kind of risks are present? So if I buy a rental property, what are the risks? I put up a commercial building. Some of the risks we don't aren't foreseen, but what risks might might I be exposing my money to or my investment to? And then number four would be return. So what kind of return or profit could I potentially generate? You know, in a savings account, I can't return. I don't get very much, but it's liquid and I can and it's and it's safe, safer. So you want your money, in my opinion, you know, you want your money as your assets to have different characteristics in all those four regards. So when you're in your sixties, your seventies, your eighties, your nineties, you have like you have like this wonderful like toolbox, you know, and there's all these different tools in it and they all do different things. I swear sometimes I can I can we can put people in a better position not by saving more money, just by like reallocating how they're saving the money.
1: So just changing it if from anything. putting it here, don't put it here, put it here instead. Yeah. Still save exactly. the same amount of money, you're just investing it in a different way.
2: Yeah, and as we educate our you know, our clients on what retirement distribution strategy is and means, we'll, and, and how our current clients that are retired are are, are going through that right now, then they can make better decisions today with their money so that when they arrive at that place in time where they're, they're retired, they're, they arrive well positioned. But if it's like the classic thing, if I don't know where I'm going, I'm not going to probably get there in the most efficient way. So if I have an idea of what the future looks like now, now of course, now I don't know what the future looks like. I guess that's actually the point. I don't know what the future looks like. So I want to be well positioned to handle, I don't know how my, my my fork barge is going to break down. I don't know where it's going to break down, how it's going to break down, what's going to break on it, and how long it's going to take me to fix it. But I have a pretty mean toolbox. And that toolbox, I know I'll be able to fix it because I've got all the tools in it that I could possibly need.
1: And if you don't, you'll call Elite.
2: <laughs> if I don't, I'll call Elite. There you go. <laughs> nice. Good one. That's a good one, Andy.
1: Okay, so just to kind of wrap things up, we ask everybody the same final question here. What do you wish you would have known when you started?
2: The, that phrase, be careful what you wish for. So the, if, if I could have been more clear on what I wanted for my family and my business, just personally, I, I would have got it s- sooner. Or you know, Be careful what you wish for. It's like if you want something, it will happen. It's much more likely to happen or to occur. So I wish I would have been better at goal setting and having a vision and just just really thinking big about the future for my myself and my clients and, and so I've really worked to do, get better at that over the years for ourselves and for our clients and, and it is just amazing. You know if you if you write something down that you want and you communicate it to someone else and you say it out loud and then you revisit it and review it and think about it and emphasize it and it's just amazing you know so be careful what you wish for because if you want it, you can get it
1: Nice. Do you want to give a plug, how people can find you if they like what you had to say today?
2: Uh, sure. Yep. Um, check out our website. You can just Google Cowell Financial. And again, we're in Bra- Brainerd, Baxter, uh, Minnesota. And then my office phone number, which currently we're working, my team and I are all working in our homes, but it forwards to our cell phone. So my office phone number is 218-824-7705.
1: Matt, you want to plug Nelson? Tell them where they can find us, where we can you can hear this podcast. I'm loving this plug stuff.
0: Um, yeah, so you can find us at nelso.net. And there's a bunch of information on there as we progressively go through our podcast, all those different things. Um, there's also a link to Cowell Financial on the bottom of our homepage. You go down there and you click and you go direct to his website. We just thank you for listening today. And um, you can find our podcast on iTunes. Uh, Google Play, and Spotify today. Uh, again, hit us up. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Let us know if you have some topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, just hit us up, and we will do so.
1: Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Bye-bye.